hit REC. Got it. Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real world professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. Morning. Good morning. It, uh, <laughs> filming this, I think, doubles the amount of time that is invested into any one episode. Yeah. So for our six viewers, yeah, and our seven listeners, <laughs> we're going through. Is that how many views some we got? H e double hockey sticks. Is that how this. many views we got? Six. Uh, like times a hundred. Oh, okay. Which, I haven't looked. It's a considerable You're investment. Looking. How how many times a day are you looking? I looked once yesterday. Okay. That's it? Okay, 10 times. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just once. All right, cool. Cool. Well, we got that first one out of the way, and uh, this is going to continue to evolve, and I think that we'll change it up a little bit each week until we perfect it, right? You brought notes. I do have some notes, that yeah. That is cute. <laughs> this is the first time he's ever brought notes. Is that true? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe in like the negative episodes, but yeah. you've, I mean, you bring a lot to this just right there, yeah. right in the old bear trap. These notes just say, smile, <laughs> be kind. That is important. Tyler is verbally abusive <laughs> when we're not on the air. Pretend so. you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not joking. <laughs> um, so right quick, mm -hmm. I want to get a couple things out of the way. Okay. We, like I said i think an episode or two ago we tend to make promises that we don't necessarily follow up on yeah you said that i don't know if i actually agree with it but you did say it so okay let's assume it's true well then tell me something that we need to follow up on today i couldn't exactly <laughs> so uh we had jeb remember i uh messaged oh, yeah. him live you interrupted me yes and then you're like this is super important and then <laughs> and then came, we never we, got to we it came out of the room and i was thinking I don't think we ever actually came to a conclusion there. Yeah, how do you think our listeners feel? <laughs> they're they're probably got the pitchforks ready. <laughs> All right, so let's hear it. All right, so this was in terms of origin one part saturation. So if you finish a print and you just let it sit there in the resin or let the raw resin just kind of hang off it, yeah. what are the consequences? Okay. His response was, quote, the parts can absorb the liquid resin, causing them to swell up and lose geometrical accuracies. Long-term, if too much resin's absorbed and not given adequate time to be washed out or cured, the parts can start to sweat material. Mm, so that's sweaty the parts. <laughs> sweaty parts. You don't want sweaty parts. <laughs> not now, not ever. <laughs> not ever. So that's the one thing I think for sure we had to follow up on. Another thing we told folks that we were going to give them an AMUG update. Yeah, that is true. We did we did do that. So are we going to make true on that? Is it happening? <laughs> yes, it's going to happen. We are bringing in an expert today. Oh. And we have him on the phone. This is our first official guest. Yes. In episode 45, our first official planned guest yeah let's he, hope it <laughs> goes well 
Yeah, so I have them on the line and I'm gonna act like I'm hitting the soundboard yeah, right now. Okay. Uh, Richard, are you with us? Yeah, I am with you. He's here. Hello, All right. friends. <laughs> Hello. So, Hello, Richard. Tell us uh, one real quick who you are. Introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks. Oh, wow. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, my name's Richard Cromwell, and I am an additive manufacturing applications engineer uh, from Go Engineer out in Auburn Hills, Michigan. All right. So you're our brother from another part of the union. <laughs> that, that was not a saying that people say at all. And Tate is leaving. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. We got this. Okay. Okay. Richard can't see us, by the way. Richard. Yes. Tate. Got, I think I can do. As, as I can do this by memory. As soon as you started talking, Tate got up and left. <laughs> This is typical of what I do. I do yeah. it to Tyler too. Before we had video, I would do it all the time and Tyler would just carry the show while I was off doing something else. That would totally happen. I would have to go into this monologue totally unplanned because Tate left the room. <laughs> it worked really well, but okay. we wanna hear about what was cool about AMUG. You said that you attended a couple, um, I sessions. guess, yeah, a couple sessions and some stuck out to you. I wanted, you to talk most about the GM one and what stuck out. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I attended a lot of sessions. I, I tried to attend as many as I could because uh, there were quite a few uh, situations where I, I couldn't go to two that I really wanted to attend both of them. But um, the, my favorite um, technical session was uh, called Additive Manufacturing Application Selection at General Motors. Okay. And uh, the coolest, I liked that one a lot because it applied directly to what I do um, every day at Go Engineers and Application Engineering. And uh, it was primarily a discussion of General Motors' internal workflow for validating additive applications. And uh, the gentleman went into quite a bit of detail. Um, some of the things that I thought were really, uh, really cool were like that they create their own material data sheets um, rather than relying on OEM data. Yep. And uh, can and, you tell us about the differences? Were were there any like stark differences where you're like, okay, I get it, I get why they're doing that? No, uh, because they weren't sharing those specific. Uh, they they just talked about how that's what they do, but they didn't give any specific examples. But based on how they were. Um, how thorough they were in other elements of the process that they discussed, uh, I can imagine that, you know, it's going to be uh, really comprehensive and useful. Yeah, I would say um, that that's not v uncommon for the large OEMs to trust, no. trust no one when it comes to knowing and understanding the behavior of the materials. Well, and it goes yeah. in line with kind of our theme. Yeah. <laughs> our theme is trust no one too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, so that, that that was just like one thing that they they did, and I thought that was neat. Um, they the other thing was like their actual uh, like processes and workflow that they go through. So like the questions that they ask the engineers that come to them with the ideas of you know things that they want to have three um, D printed. So like they would uh, interestingly um, use a solution versus requirement focused. Um, concept where they would say like, well, why um, should we not use additive for this? That was like one of the first questions that they would always ask. Is there a better way of producing this than additive? 
And yeah. then if they could say no, then, you know, uh, then it would uh, default to going back to the additive. And then they had like lists of common questions um, that their engineers would be asking when considering, um, you know, what process or uh, what material to use. Uh, and uh, they had like these forms that the engineers have to submit uh, that have like detailed drawings and, you know, surface finish uh, call outs and all these things that were, you know, for critical surfaces, what's really important so that they could come up with the best orientation, the best material, and the best uh, process. So, and yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. And like, uh, they had some examples of inter internally developed like application guides and best practice guides. And I, I thought that was really cool. And it's something that uh, moving forward, I'm, I'm spending more of my time working on application guides. The, uh, and then they had a, you know, and that was just like the first part of it. The rest of it went on of talking about GMs, you know, how they analyze the economics of AM and their supply chain, uh, how they interact with them through AM. And then they had a bunch of case studies at the end. It was, uh, overall, it was a really good uh, presentation. And I, you know, uh, the slide deck is excellent. And he gave some other additional resources, uh, you know, for application engineers that I think are we may want to share that. I don't so, know if we well, can. Not yet, but we, we yeah. may want to share that, Richard. So if we can get those or someone reaches out to us, we can at least forward that to them. Oh, can we not because of... Mm. I don't know. Look All at right. you being so cavalier with the law. <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. This is a great segue I... right now into <laughs> our next topic, but I'm not going to go there. Um, Richard, tell us, tell us like what machines stood out to you? Oh yeah, on the expo floor they had tons of machines, um, and I got to see some really neat ones. I mean, I was I'm kind of biased. I, I wanted to see the Neo 450 that they had there because we're getting one at our lab here in Detroit, and it was neat to be able to see one in person. And uh, was it you know, love I, at first sight? It was. It was. Um, Did you hug it? <laughs> I climbed inside of it. And, you just uh, took a nap inside. <laughs> yeah. I just curled up onto the build platform. Yeah. But the uh, probably oh <laughs> probably the coolest um, printer that I saw outside of that was the uh, from Boston Microfabrication. Uh, you know, I use uh, I like Polyjet a lot, and um, it's it's a neat technology because it is so um, precise and accurate, and you can get really fine uh, resolution both in, in Z and XY, and, and it's just a great technology. And, but I've run into problems where, you know, trying to print microfluidic devices in the past and things like that are really, really small. Um, it just didn't even have the resolution for some of the medical devices that people were asking um, us to print. And so uh, this technology basically uses like a DLP um, light engine, but then it, it pushes the light through a rather it's a rather like it's like an inverted microscope so it, it makes the the dlp pixels so tiny and then there's special resins that they have that they can cure using the system to make incredibly tiny like like the resolution is is one micron you know um in x and y and their layer heights i think can, are two microns how so, big is the build platform on that oh it's tiny you know um, an inch by an inch it was probably no. Really? They had big. They had a little bit bigger than that, but 
Okay. Um, it was it was uh, a very impressive to see the parts that they were able to turn out. And it's is that a commercially available machine? Uh, they made it seem like it. And, and you know, if you go That's on their answer. website, <laughs> <laughs> you go on their website, they have quite a few different models. Um, so I'm going to say that they, that they're they're cranking out some machines. All right. Cool. Any, anything else stand out? Um, oh yeah. Uh, well, I, I, the, the massive it machine, which is like uh, an FDM style printer that was, uh, you know, the size of a garden shed. Um, that's pretty impressive. Anytime you see it. Our old, uh, our, our old friend uh, Ben Arnold is at Massive It now, and he got his Dino Award at Amos. Oh wow, that's awesome. Which is a good. Yeah. It's a big honor for people in the additive industry. I think there are about 175 Amug Dinos now out in the wild and uh they added three this year and ben was one of them so that was well deserved he's been in the industry for a long time and one of the trusted people in the industry i would from my perspective for sure yeah i i, I went to a panel discussion but he, he was really good cool so and it was specifically on like validating uh machines using benchmarks you know it was, it was yeah. a really good discussion yeah nice. um and uh, the other thing that I saw that was really neat um, was the DMG Mori uh, system, which was, uh, it's like a hybrid five axis CNC that also has a direct energy deposition um, head in there. And so, you know, just from a cam and, and uh, 3D printing perspective, from like a software perspective, I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, we've they, talked they, about they, hybrid machines in a past episode, and uh -huh. a, a large part of that conversation was around the programming of those machines. Did you happen yeah. to talk to them about I, how they programmed I did. those? I did, because uh, it, that that seemed to be like a bottleneck to me in that process. It, it seemed so complicated. What, what did they and say? They told me to go talk to the software vendor, so I did. And um, I, I think the company was Hexagon. Okay, was one one that I talked to, and uh, he they are using like a spree um, as the backbone for their system, and and it does allow you to do like um, additive and subtractive. Their workflow looked relatively reasonable, and uh, you know, and I don't really know too much about yeah. the spree. It, it it seemed like they they had a a, a good software <laughs> solution, and uh, but you know, to me, I would. The cost of the machines was <laughs> kind of absurd, uh, but you know it's interesting too because it seemed like such a hot topic because there were there were a lot of different um, metal was a very hot topic at this day, but um, polymers almost seemed like a foregone conclusion, and so it was a real eye opener to see what people are thinking of and what what's available and, and the trends. You mentioned a little bit uh, about the balance of like metal to polymer. It yeah. seemed like polymer seemed like a foregone conclusion. Can you talk uh -huh. a little bit about your perception of the show and that balance? Yeah, I was really surprised at the ratio of, of metal additive people there and polymer people. I mean, it was definitely 50-50, but you know, a lot of the people that even they were that were there talking about polymer using polymer, um, they were still super interested in metal. And then also, like, it was interesting to see uh, the range of materials. Like, that was a good, uh, that was a good uh, way to measure 
how um, the tech, different technologies, like how pervasive they are in a way. And, and, and you could see like um, powder uh, metal is just huge. There were so many different powdered metal vendors and some big names like Sandvik. And, and uh, then, there, then they had um, a lot of photopolymer resin uh, and, but there weren't a lot of like, you know, like filament people there, you know, there, there were a couple but it was a lot of powder. Even the polymers was quite a bit of powder. And there was a lot of powder with, uh, uh, there were a lot of like, kind of like lesser expensive, but still quasi industrial manufacturers coming out of like Korea. And, um, and, and so that was something that I thought was interesting. So too, because, yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, and, but the machines weren't bad. I mean, they, they were, they're relatively. We, uh, we knew that good you know but but uh but overall the the takeaway would be that metal is going to be a huge part of the future and it goes along with the theme of what we hear every day you know when we have customers come in they they always ask hey even if they come for a polymer machine it might be when they're leaving the building like oh so uh where's metal at right now yeah i just had that happen you know And, and and it's been, it, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's been that way for 10 years. It's been that way for 10 years. The industry is yeah. definitely changing, and, and every year at AMUG is one time where people who are in the industry can come together and kind of catch up and fill each other in on all the little gaps. And yeah. uh, I, was, I was happy to see it continue again. I've always wondered, if you think of knowledge as like a national security uh has some national security implications and manufacturing ability has some national security implications. I always wondered, should I stay away from AMUG? Because that's a <laughs> lot of people yes. that all have very, very specialized knowledge all in oh. one place. Yeah, no, that's true. It's a little conspiratorial, but <laughs> yes. I've just always wondered. This Your name's on a list somewhere. I know, right? Like you're yeah. a target. I'm- yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. No. Well, thank you for the update, uh, Richard. Uh, we appreciate oh, yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, I'm glad that you were able to go. And both you and Tate are going to be a rapid soon, right? That's right. Yeah, that's going to be super exciting. On to the next show. Cool. Well, thanks for joining, Richard. Um, we'll catch up later. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. See yep. ya. See ya. All right. Are you happy that we we got, we had we a guest do on uh, on our promise there? Yeah, we did. <laughs> so it's funny while he was talking about GM, I couldn't help but think like they're doing all their own work on yeah. the back end, and it really does feed into the theme of what we've talked about for forever. It's like yeah, we'll we'll take your word for it, and everyone's giving them free systems. Yeah, you you have to imagine well, GM has maybe. everything. Well, they're a beta customer for everybody. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean the system is free. Yeah, it comes with some strings attached. Let's but just say people are, OEMs are incentivized to be able to say GM is using our machines. Right. They're incentivized by that. Well, and they're doing their own validations that they can pass along then to the OEMs. So If they're willing, yeah. that's That usually comes to a negotiation. Because a lot of times, I mean, they're investing in that information. So it has value. It's a competitive differentiator. And if you find that maybe the rest of the market is being misled and you're not, that's valuable information. So generally, I wouldn't be surprised if people wanted to keep that information close to their chest. 
No surprise. Yeah. People just hanging on to that IP. We've talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. So I want to get into something. Okay. This is, this is on topic of keeping the law. Okay. All right. The other day you ran into a little issue. With, I, with, I broke no laws. Let's just start there. I broke no laws. I know where you're going. I broke no laws. <laughs> I have never. So <laughs> let's set the background for this a little bit. You as one of your, <laughs> you're so mad at me right now. Can we get a <laughs> tight shot of his face here? So we, you talked about YouTube of the day, uh, not too long ago was the mountain fortress labs. Yeah. Is mountain that, fortress Labs. Is yeah. that the right one? Yeah. I went back, I watched his full video with heavy D and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this is Tyler. Oh God. This is Tyler. And <laughs> because you had just purchased a new toy, can you tell us about it? I hadn't just purchased one at that point. You were about to. You've been dreaming you probably, and scheming. You probably saw a trend in the YouTube videos I was talking about. They became more and more about heavy machinery. <laughs> because in the background, I was thinking, man, I got to get a bigger shovel. Because I'm just digging dirt in my tiny yard, just moving dirt from one side of the yard to the other for like three years, destroying my body. I was like, I got to get a bigger shovel. So I did. I found a way to get a bigger shovel. And what did that bigger shovel end up being? A cat 303.5. Okay. <laughs> Mini excavator. So on your first project, you did break the law. No, I didn't. Because you dug without. Mm, I back scraped. I back bladed. And I did, dug a little bit. What did you happen to hit? I hit my internet uh, cable. <laughs> I took my internet out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The fiber cable. The fiber cable was, <laughs> it was buried like six inches below the, the ground. <laughs> I think that's pretty common. I don't think they put those very deep. Yeah. It should be at least seven inches. So I'm going to do a PSA and say, call 811 yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're going to be a Tyler and you happen to have a really big shovel. Um, I mean, I think you're supposed to call them even if you're like just digging, <clears throat> yeah, putting probably. a shrub in. Probably. You probably have to call 811 if you look at a shovel. <laughs> well, no, uh, out where I live, there is no law. You have one sheriff. It's the Wild West. You have one sheriff. And if you're buddies with him, you can do whatever you want. So you've you've worked that magic already. No, I never talked to him. I, okay. I don't talk to cops. He's going to he's going to know who you are here pretty soon. Well, that didn't have much to do with additive, but that may be a recurring theme during this podcast. <laughs> and if nothing else, what did you bring this week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So speaking of things you did this week, you brought something in for us. Yeah, I don't want to focus too much on it, but I did bring in some show and tell because I really like these parts. It's not a, a very compelling part. The best way to describe it is like a large fidget spinner. That's, is that what it actually is? It's a project for a friend, and I think that is exactly what it is. But there's a lot of threads on this Are you saying you part. don't know? I think it's a large fidget spinner. I designed it and to his description, and I'm pretty sure it's like a large fidget spinner. But So the print quality is amazing. I think that's why I brought it in. It's the ABS CF10 off our 370. So you had some parts off the 370 last week yep looks really similar you have in this case you still have some support material on there for the threaded portions and should we crack it yeah should we crack it let's crack it are you ready all right oh that's nice 
Are you gonna be I'm able not to strong get? enough. <laughs> I can see. <laughs> I can see you shaking. <laughs> Shaking. Oh, do we get a close up of that? <laughs> Please. Oh my goodness. So this CF10, I mean, it is pretty stiff. Pretty stiff. That carbon fiber fill, it's a chopped carbon fiber fill. The 10 is a 10% by weight. And it adds rigidity. It adds rigidity and stiffness to the underlying material, which in this case is ABS. I think this is quickly becoming my favorite material to print on the fdm side well it's it's matte and it's black it looks amazing so it looks great yeah and the threads are what i'm most impressed with the threads we, look it, fantastic. this probably isn't going to focus very well it but actually probably will you think it will yeah. is this the autofocus camera yeah that's a good camera that's like the top the top top that's the best one we got. Yeah. So you mix some parts here too. There's some origin parts origin, on here. Clear origin parts. Yeah, I don't actually know the material um, off the top of my head, but it's a clear origin part. I think it's a BASF <clears throat> material. Yeah. But I'm not sure the number. So ABS-CF10. Thanks for the show and tell. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if people like that, the sounds, the crackle sounds, or I wonder if it at least gives some curiosity to where they're like, yeah, let's go check it out Tell on us YouTube. in the comments. Yeah, do tell us, yeah, in, tell the us in the comments. We do have a dynamic though. If people are listening to us as a pod versus watching on YouTube, there's going to be about a one week delay. So if you're listening to the pod on your like Spotify app or podcast app, and then you come to YouTube looking for the video, it's going to be about a one week turnaround time. So just a heads up there. Don't go on a wild goose chase. We've got our content person right here. Is there a chance it'll ever speed up turnaround time? <laughs> I'm putting her on the spot. Really pressure. <laughs> Count on one week. Count on one week. Perfect. Thanks for setting that expectation. Yep. Tyler's always thinking about the people, even <clears throat> though he... A man of the people is what it will say on my gravestone. <laughs> no, it's not going to say that. That's me. That's what I bring to this show. It is true. My buddy called me the other day. He listened yeah. to the first episode. Okay. And he's like, Tyler's the really smart guy. And I'm like... It's oh. kind of him. I'm not, not true, but he, kind. And you're the everyman and you help <laughs> you help in that way. So if I can be that, that's what's gonna be on my gravestone. That's who I wish I was. Oh please. <clears throat> wow. Look at him try and cater to the <clears throat> to the regular can folks. Can you tell I'm uncomfortable? <laughs> it's like <clears throat> <clears throat> it's not a light. <laughs> so, uh speaking of my buddy, when he called, he gave me a couple good ideas oh, for the so show. He, he called you to give you some feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was good. Okay. It was good. But I think that's because the other pods out there that are surrounding 3D printing. Yeah. Are better. Additive manufacturing aren't as good. They're different. They're We're different. All different. We're all different. Oh, now. Wow. Very diplomatic. You've turned into ever since we've been on film. <laughs> Just go back to the first episodes, people. If you want to know the real Tyler, <laughs> you got to go back before episode 44. Because, yeah, this is 45 and this is only our second episode on film. I Tyler, told you things are going to be different. Tyler's a different guy now. Now you have notes. Is there something you want to you want to talk about? You got a news story? Anything? I did have a news story. Yeah. Are you, so do you want to listen to it this week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I won't tune out. Well, you had a topic too, and we have like five minutes. So There's, we'll save this for next episode. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, there was a news story that made a lot of major news outlets mm -hmm. this week about a new material that NASA developed. Rockets. 
Are we uh, now that you have your big shovel? Are we back <laughs> onto rocket obsession? Okay, so this type <laughs> of material is generally used more for nuclear applications, but it's a great fit for rocket applications too, and also things like hypersonic applications. So, like scramjets. Do you know about? Do you know what a scramjet is? Oh Let me blow your mind. Okay. Imagine a jet propulsion uh, technology with zero moving parts that only operates at Mach 5 and above. Zero moving parts. And we tested- This is tested like Colin, uh, Colin Firth's little bicycle, his jet bicycle. It has no moving parts. No. It's got like a spark plug. Obviously he's not traveling at Mach 5 on no his bicycle. No moving parts? How does he generate thrust? Heat. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> tell me, tell me how this scramjet works, would you? The scramjet works by you have a volume of air coming in at high speed, and you direct it through geometry and compress it to the and you you introduce a fuel, and it ignites in the geometry of the scramjet does all the work. So it creates thrust by accelerating the air out the backside after it's been uh, ignited. I, I don't know about the isolator and combustor, but I do think that the Colin Firth, that's his name. Yeah. Um, his jet works the same way or the turbine or whatever, furs? whatever. Is it furs? I think it's furs. Anyway, scramjet technology only operates at Mach 5 and above. And at those speeds, you can imagine you generate a lot of heat from the air friction, et cetera, et cetera. And this material could help in the pursuit of hypersonic aircraft, which is a, an area that every every advanced country in the world is working on hypersonic technology. And it's accelerated and enabled largely by additive manufacturing. How so? Well, we're talking about really exotic materials first and foremost. And when you use something like powder bed fusion, you can create materials, super exotic materials that are uh, constructed materials. So in this case, NASA, this is my note, GRX 810. That's the name of this alloy. It's an oxide dispersion strengthened material, ODS material. So oxide dispersion strengthened. So we're familiar with oxides, right? It's usually we think about it as corrosion on the outside of a part. Mm -hmm. um, you have oxygen molecules binding with the metal molecules and creating an area of oxidation. And it's also the reason why when you're welding, you have inerting gas, something like argon or other some other noble gas that is not going to be, uh, oxygen's not gonna bind to a noble gas, right? and it's shielding the area so you don't have oxides inside your metal. And we do the same thing in laser sintering, right? You don't, generally you don't want oxides in your parts. But what these materials do is they strategically place oxides, um, either like yttrium oxides or alumina oxides in a way that they strengthen the grain of the material. So when your material breaks, you have grains that are slipping. And think of these oxides as like almost uh, glue or some obstruction that resists the grain movement and it strengthens, it strengthens the materials. So NASA used some computational methods to develop and model the alloy. And then they used 
to create these materials, the powder, the base powders is a huge process. I started researching it and I found some papers going back. Using your uh, outdated login information? Totally legal login. <laughs> and uh, I, f I found evidence of people laser sintering with these ODS materials as far back as 2015, um, but the results were pretty poor. This material in all of the major news outlets, they, be, they the lead line is, it's a thousand. It lasts a thousand times longer, which I know you're going to love. NASA That's what I was going to bring NASA up. NASA develops material that lasts a thousand times longer. It says uh, NASA's new 3D printing alloy. This is the, a headline on a local news feed. NASA's new 3D printing alloy, 1,000 times more yeah. durable than existing <laughs> aerospace alloys. So you know that's going to That's why get, I was laughing earlier, because yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, perfect. The one time we named an episode that, uh, it our numbers skyrocketed, right? So, and actually NASA didn't release much information at all. They just gave some kind of semi-numerical numbers. They said it lasts a thousand times longer, which you would have to know a little bit about material science to know maybe or suspect what that means. Meaning if it lasts longer, that's generally associated with fatigue. But then once you bring in the high temperature, then you're also talking about creep. So the creep and the fatigue at elevated temperatures is going to be um, a thousand times longer than something. And uh, I just think that the use of these oxides enabled by printing and creating materials that are engineered specific for applications is, it's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. It is. You're going to hate me for this. What? You know, all I could think about while you were telling me this. What? 3D printed meat. Oh my God. What about it? Like a ribeye. <laughs> yeah. Because they're placing the fats and yeah. everything like just perfectly or trying. <sighs> wow. It's really changing the, the way we at, eat. The guys at the NASA, I wrote down the department that developed this because it's badass. Transformational tools and technologies. Imagine saying, I work at NASA in the transformational tools and technologies department. How awesome. No. They're going to be like, oh, everything we did and you compared us to printed meat. Thanks, Tate. You're welcome. <laughs> this is what part of part of what makes me the everyman. Yep. Yep. So But can <clears throat> you grill it? <laughs> <laughs> Taste the meat, not the heat. <laughs> so uh that pretty much does it up. I mean, I will wrap I'll maybe I should just primer us for next week. <laughs> yeah. No? Do it. Why are you laughing? It's like Let's talk about this. What did I do? Because you're you're coming back and you're like, man, we keep making these promises that we. This have is to, a promise I can keep. keep. I've got a I've got a page worth of notes for next episode. What if something really important happens? You in the next have week? these notes. If, if and it's your job, something it could happen to both of us. Altering happens in the next week, and then we sit down here at the pod and we're like, man, we really want to talk about this but take committed the conversation to this so you're asking me to either turn it into like a 30 second blip now no or turn it into a 30 second blip then if something happens like that so i'm gonna let you long story short i'm gonna have to compress this okay is that what you're saying do you have the time to do it is that what you're saying do you have the time to do it um look your superpower is being able to condense things 
in just the right way. Like I could sit down for 10 minutes and try and write yeah. out a sentence. You can do it on the fly. Okay. Uh, that's your superpower. Not mine. Definitely not mine. I'm a wordy son of a gun. Mm -hmm. I don't have you, the vocabulary. You use a lot of words. It's <sighs> <This is> embarrassing. <laughs> I'm really vulnerable on this show. Okay. Um, but yeah, especially sitting next to you. I'm going to leave I, it up to you. We can talk about it or we can close the pot out with something else. Material minute. Okay. Material minute. This is a new segment. Okay. That you're inventing right now. Right now. Okay. Because I don't have a YouTube of the day. Okay. Um, and maybe we won't do that every episode. Our YouTube of the day now every week is our own YouTube. Because we're on YouTube. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bad no. idea. No. Terrible. But right. if you want to watch the pod, you want to meet me and Tyler, <clears throat> see what we look like, watch it on YouTube. Yep. Uh, no. For the material minute today, and I'm going to set a timer, you and I are both going to do this. It's not going to oh, be, what? it's not going to be just me. Okay. We're going to do. This seems unfair. ABS CF 10. It's not unfair. I have the computer that helps me. I already gave you. You've got minute. the old bear trap. That I already helps gave a minute you. on this. You didn't really talk about the materials. Okay, let's go. I think the people deserve a more in-depth look at what ABS CF 10 really is, or just make some quick comparisons. Why do we use it? Know what I'm saying? Okay. You ready for this? Sure. Can we keep it under a minute? A minute combined? Ready. Or uh, a minute each? No. Minute combined. Okay. I'm starting it now. I'm going to give you 50 seconds. Material minute. ABS CF10. I actually don't have the PDF pulled up. So ABS CF10 is basically a 10% carbon fiber filled. Now these are, I think they call them like nanofilaments or they're strands yeah. of carbon fiber. Everything's nano if you are willing <laughs> to count in bigger numbers. It's true. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to go there. Okay. This material is, the claim to fame is it's stronger, it's stiffer than traditional ABS and obviously obviously lighter. Now, here's what Stratasys has to say about it. It's over 50% stiffer and 15% stronger than standard ABS. So there's some numbers for you. Um, and what this material was really designed for was to be able to, ooh, we got 10 seconds, replace <laughs> aluminum or metal in some end-use scenarios, jigs and fixtures, things like that. Okay. Whew, we didn't really get there. Material minute's going to be tough. You, uh, Oh, my. How embarrassing. You what? Need, you need more than a minute. <laughs> what? Did we? You needed a lot longer than a minute. <laughs> this is a practice run, all right? Everybody give me... Don't laugh. I, how, I like how, how you just love the name of it. It's the one-minute material segment my where buddy. I talk about a material for five minutes. <laughs> uh, this is, wow. This is the first time you're really, you're really doing this to me on air. Just this, razzing this you? This hurts. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm flustered. <laughs> I'm beat red. Yeah, I couldn't do it in a minute. You're proud of yourself right now, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's soaking this up. Okay, so I couldn't do it in a minute. I'm going to practice next time, you know, alone at my desk. You need uh, to script it out. Thanks. This material minute was brought to you by Juicy Filaments. <laughs> Juicy Filaments. Uh, okay, so that's pretty much it for the episode. I think we're going to try and stick to a couple of these segments. I'll do a better job at staying under a minute or I'll make you do it. Uh, but that was pretty good. We recapped. 
we talked about things that we we followed up on things that we promised we would. Yep. That was we important. had our first uh, phone interview with a colleague. Yep. That was uh, also good. Also good. Yep. You got to talk about rocketry. <clears throat> a little bit. And I got to make you fun of you. let me finish, which was awesome. <laughs> I got to make fun of you, too, a little bit. So this was We fun. learned what a scramjet is. Yes, we did. Kind of, sort of. And I, I don't know. I thought this was a good episode. Uh, at least maybe some people get some laughs out of it and learn something. This is our 45th good episode. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. On the 46th episode. 46th episode. 46. Look forward to seeing you. See ya.